cool pendium spotlight. The key number here is 0.9. Remember, ABI less than or equal to 0.9 have a high clinical suspicion for vascular injury. That is the voice of Dr. Whitney Johnson, who is MRAP faculty, and you all probably know her voice. And she's also one of the authors, along with Major Jason Brown, of the Corpendium chapter entitled Ankle Brachial Index Measurements. So, Whitney, thanks for being with us for another Corpendium Spotlight today. Jesse, thanks so much for having me. So, Whit, let's start off by reminding listeners just what the Ankle Brachial Index actually is. Sure. Okay. So ankle brachial index, we also call it ABI for short. And it's a test that can be used diagnostically or as a screening tool for vascular pathology. And in this, we think about things like peripheral artery disease, limb ischemia, or arterial injury in extremity trauma. Yes, just to name a few. And in my practice, I've used these most when I'm concerned about arterial injury in the setting of trauma, specifically things like knee dislocations, displaced fractures around the knee or at the tibia, definitely gunshot wounds or mangled extremities. What else am I missing? Jesse, you're hitting all the right stuff. That's exactly when I think of them as well. And you should consider ABI measurements in really anyone who has asymmetric pulses or like soft exam findings. They've had a high injury tibial plateau fracture and pretty much all knee dislocations. Knee dislocations especially because about 16% of those have an associated vascular injury with them. Yeah, so ABIs really help us identify and then also risk stratify people who are at risk for lower extremity arterial injury. And of course, it can help guide the need for additional vascular imaging. Now, these are pretty easy to perform, but I feel like very often we're actually not performing them correctly. So go ahead and walk us through the technique, Wit. Sure. Yes. I frequently forget this too. And shameless plug, if you can't remember on the spot, go run to your Corpendium app and look up the chapter. So the patient should be in the supine position because remember, you can get a falsely elevated reading if the patient is sitting upright. So lay them back. And then you're going to use a manual blood pressure cuff, a.k.a. sphingomanometer. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Nailed it. Manometer. Sphingomanometer. Manometer. Sphingomanometer. You're going to take a manual blood pressure cuff, and you need the systolic pressure first from the brachial artery, hence the name, ankle brachial index. And ideally, you'll measure in both arms and then take the highest pressure out of those two measurements, and that's going to be the one you use. Then place the blood pressure cuff at the level of the ankle and grab a Doppler and put it either over your dorsalis pedis or posterior tibialis artery and inflate the cuff until the sound of the blood flow on the Doppler disappears. And as you lower the cuff or let some of that pressure out, at the moment that you hear the pulsing through the Doppler again, that's your systolic pressure in the ankle. And you're going to get this for both the DP and the TP artery. And you'll use the higher number between the two for your calculation, which is the ankle pressure over your brachial pressure. And remember that normal is anything greater than or equal to 0.9. I mean, ultimately the AHA advises a specific order for this. Like technically you should be doing first the arm and then ipsilateral ankle both the arteries DP and PT, followed by contralateral ankle and arm. All right, so I'm just going to break this down for listeners. Let's just work through an example. So 
Let's say you want to calculate a left-sided ABI. So the first thing you have to remember is that you need to choose the correct sized blood pressure cuff for your patient because if you are not using the correct size, you're definitely not going to get an accurate reading. Sounds obvious, but sometimes we forget or we just inadvertently choose a cuff that's too small or too large. So make sure you choose the right size cuff. And again, we're aiming for left-sided ABIs in this patient. So as Whitney just outlined, we're going to go in a very particular order. We're going to start by getting the brachial artery systolic pressure in the left arm. Then we're going to move down to the left ankle. Using our Doppler, we're going to get systolic pressures of the posterior tibial and the dorsalis pedis. We're going to take whichever of those is higher. We're going to move to the right ankle. We're going to do the same thing there. And then we're going to go up to the right brachial and get the systolic pressure there. Now, ultimately, again, we're interested in that left ankle. So we are going to take the highest systolic pressure between both arms. So let's say the right arm was 120 and the left arm was 118. We are going to use 120. So that now becomes our brachial pressure. 120 is the higher one. And then in the left ankle, we get the dorsalis pedis. Let's say it's 107 and the posterior tibial is 108. We're going to use the 108 because that's the higher pressure. And ultimately we put that 108, that ankle pressure over the brachial pressure of 120. 108 divided by 120 is 0.9. So this patient has a normal ABI. Now, Whitney, just to get back to the numbers, you pointed out that normals greater than or equal to 0.9, and that means that the patient is unlikely to have a vascular injury. Correct. Remember, the key number here is that 0.9. If the ABI is less than or equal to 0.9, have a high clinical suspicion for vascular injury, and you're likely going to need to consider getting CT angios or potentially even surgical exploration of the vasculature in those cases. And studies show approximately 95% sensitivity and 97% specificity for arterial injury. So that's pretty good. What do we need to be careful about? Couple things to be careful about here. ABI measurements may miss your non-obstructing vascular injuries. So if you've got a patient that doesn't have a complete obstruction there, you may get a normal ABI in that case. They can also give you a few false positives in some situations, and those would be in your trauma patients that are super shocky or have arterial spasm, or if you've got a total vascular path, someone with significant PAD, you're going to get false positives in those, so bear that in mind. And I never really thought to use these to diagnose peripheral arterial disease or to estimate and risk stratify those patients for cardiovascular disease, but it's really great to know that we can use ABIs for that. Summary. Overall, at the end of the day, what do you think the most important thing that people should take away from this chapter is? I think the most important thing that people should take away is that this is there, right? This is an option as a diagnostic tool, especially in places where you may be really resource limited and you're trying to decide, hey, do I need to transfer this patient to even get a CT or see a surgery team? Don't forget that, you know, just real quick and easy measurements might really help guide not only your clinical decisions, but also your discussion with your consultants or the transfer center. So key thing, don't be afraid to grab that manual blood pressure and check an ABI, especially in knee dislocations. Also, don't forget the key numbers here, right? That 0.9, less than or equal to 0.9, 
high clinical suspicion for vascular injury. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thanks for having me, Desi. This is fun. And for more information on ABIs, make sure you check out the Corpendium chapter. And again, that's entitled Ankle Brachial Index Measurements. <laughs>